Hello and welcome to the Welsh Rugby Podcast. Just a massive thank you before we start to wherever you are listening to this. Just a word of warning, we do this podcast three times a week, but we're not really sure which day it's going to be on. So the only way to keep your finger on the pulse and listen to the latest episode is to subscribe, get notifications, why not drop us a review while you're there. Right, enough of that. Let's talk some rugby. Hello, it's a slightly different podcast today. Uh, obviously, the big news from today is that James Hook has retired from rugby. One of the most prodigious talents of his generation. 81 caps for Wales, 14 years at the top of the professional game. Uh, silverware at every level. Uh, played for the Ospreys, Gloucester and in France. Uh, he's called time on his career at the end of the season and we managed to speak to him to uh, explain his decision for calling time, hanging up his boots and also what he's got planned for the future. So let's start off then. Um, when, when, did, when was the decision made uh, to call it time? Oh, I think probably the start of this season, probably, because I knew my contract was ending this year, my three-year contract I signed, and, you know, and I, obviously I'm 35 in June, so I, I knew I wouldn't have too many years left you know, at the top. And, um, yeah, I just made a decision, you know, because... Because I am, you know, obviously still quite fit and I was fast, and don't feel like I'm making a, you know, an, an impression on a game like I used to. So I thought, you know, now, now's a good time, really. Uh, and as, I suppose, as for the announcement itself, obviously, if you sort of knew at the start of the season, any specific reason why you've chose to announce it now? Uh, well, yeah, just basically because obviously I'm out the contract at the end of this year, so just to let people know at the end of the season, I, I won't be renewing uh, renewing my contract. So, and I, I've you know I've been fortunate enough to been granted a testimonial as well from the Ospreys um, for, for this year. So you know I can so work work around that now and plan and plan towards that as well. Obviously, we're speaking now. The news came out uh, about four hours ago. Um, What's what's the reaction been like? I imagine your phone's been pinging left, right, and centre. Yeah, that was in fairness. Yeah, it's been it's been really nice. I think obviously I had some really nice messages off of people, like our friends and family, and obviously rugby uh, players I've played with and against. So yeah, it's been really nice. And uh, obviously, you know, people like like yourselves want to do a sort of division things. So yeah, no, it's nice. It's busy, but uh, obviously it's a really nice thing to do, and uh, you know, it's just really appreciated. Really, we were expecting that sort of reaction. Um, I don't know actually. I don't know what sort of reaction I was expecting. So it's, uh, it's a tough one, and uh, I, you know, I obviously I played the game for a long time and played well against other people. So um, no, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised by the reaction actually, and uh, like I say, just really appreciate it. Because it must it must be a strange sort of feeling. Because I suppose in rugby terms, it's like being present at your own funeral, isn't it? So seeing all the nice things that people are saying to you after you're sort of going. <laughs> yeah, I didn't quite think of it like that. Yeah, it is, it is nice. And uh, I'm just thinking, you know, are we going to get the reply to them all now? Because, uh, you know, it's tough to reply to everyone individually. But, you know, sort of with, with the supporters and fans and the players, they're the ones who've been there right, right the way throughout my career. So, you know, it's uh, nice just to be able to thank them all. As you say, you're retiring in the summer, you're 35. Um, how much thought have you, you put into sort of planning for the future um, yeah well like I say you know, I've, I've known for, for a good few months that I'm going to gonna hang up my boots so yeah, yeah. You know, I've been planning doing a fair bit of coaching in the Ospreys with uh, with the youngsters the academy boys skills and kicking and things which I'm enjoying I'm in the middle of my level 3 coaching um, qualification as well which will be finished in, in March and been doing you know, some bits and bobs 
in regards to that with with the coaching done some you know work with the Welsh women and um, and things like that so you know, I'm enjoying that side of it and obviously that that'll help post rugby um, and obviously doing some children's books as well which we spoke about so you know I think that's the main thing when I finish I want to keep myself sort of sort of busy um, don't want to be you know swamped down with things but. I think as a, as a rugby player for 16 years professionally, you're used to having, you know, your schedule handed to you every week. They tell you where and where you got to be. So you know, probably that's going to be the big adjustment for me. I think. We'll get onto the book in a, in a little while, but you mentioned their coaching. Um, is that where you probably see your your, your post rugby path heading, or, or or do you look at maybe punditry and broadcasting? Yeah, well, like, yeah, I enjoy doing the bits, little bits of punditry I've done. You know, with. Um, you know, the commentary and stuff I do with, with Garen Jenkins, Radio Wales and Scrum 5 things. I, I really enjoy that side. So, you know, I, I'd, I'd like to get involved with, with that a little bit more if I can. And uh, But the coaching stuff as well, I, I, I do enjoy um, doing sort of, I don't know, like the sort of role Neil Jenkins did, did with me when I was younger coming through. You know, he sort of, he's not only a, a kicking coach, obviously he's a fantastic kicking coach, but he's, he's a mentor as well and obviously he's played the game and been there and done that and... You know, I remember how much he helped me. So if I can, you know, rub off on players, young players, like he did to me, you know, that'd be great. And as we said, obviously, you've got a children's book coming out. I believe that's in the summer, isn't it? Yeah, the first one's out in the summer. Now we're uh, coming to the end of our second one now, actually. So that that'll be out, you know, quite soon after the first end. But yeah, the first one's out in the summer. Like J.K. Rowling, then you're uh, you're smashing <laughs> smashing them out, is it? <laughs> yeah, well, I do as well as her. Be happy with that. So, how, how did that come about then? Were, were you approached by someone, or was that an idea that you'd had, and then you sort of started looking around for people to sort of take it on? Yeah, well, it, it came about when uh, when I was in Gloucester. My my boy, my oldest boy, was there uh, after school, and, and they had a book fair on. Um, and obviously, he wanted to go and get a book, so I went in with him to get to get one and he wanted, he wanted a rugby book but there, there were no rugby books I think the only rugby book there was like a, a World Cup fact book you know which uh, obviously was, was good but it wasn't the sort of book he was he was after there was a lot of football and rugby and uh, football and other sports but no rugby um, so yeah I came away and I thought I'd have a look online there must be some online and I couldn't see any so I just, just sort of I was thinking it kept sort of nagging and uh, you know when I was driving to training I was thinking of different ideas and and just saw a little sort of a gap really and an opportunity um, so I approached Mal, you know Mal Pope oh yeah 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 he's, he's a family friend and lives quite local so I knew he'd knew, know a few people so I, I asked him if he knew any sort of children's authors um, and he, he put me in touch with Dave Braley who's uh, written a few children's books um, and it, from there it happened really quick I think I rang him on like the Monday or Tuesday I met him on like this Thursday I think it was and we just, you know, he was really keen to get involved, and I, I sort of had all my ideas I, I wrote down, and he was, yeah, he just just went from there. And we just started started right then, and um, yeah, lucky enough to get to get it published. And like I say, we got a series coming out now in the summer. Because it's funny you, you sort of mention about sort of book fairs, because when I saw like the artwork for it and, and and who it was aimed at, that was my sort of first thought. I remember sort of being in. in in primary school and all that you know you'd you'd have the book fair come round and you'd have sort of football books like that you know the sort of fiction yeah. football books they'd be 10 a penny but there, there literally was no rugby book so no no that's why I was shocked and I remember that in school as well I feel like obviously 15 years on it's, you know I thought it may have changed but so I was uh, yeah like it was a little idea and to be honest with you, I, at the time I thought it was just an idea but 
I don't know, it kept nagging away at me and I did something about it and yeah, I just fortunate enough to, to be able to get them published. Now, how, how, did, how did you find the sort of the process of, of putting the book together? Was that something sort of fun to do away from the rugby? Yeah, it was really fun, yeah. So, like I said, I met up with Dave God. God knows how many times now uh, since we, I met him probably two years ago, just just under two years ago. Um, yeah, I, I suppose I've never written an autobiography, but I suppose it's quite similar to that where... You know, I, I've got ideas, and you know, he finds out a little bit about me, and you know, interesting stories, um, not just on the pitch but off the pitch. You know, to do with my family and things as well. Um, I just put sort of put that in or through the eyes of a ten-year-old boy called Jimmy. Then, so it was really good fun, and you know, it's, it's a bit of like humour in there as well. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, it, it was actually really good fun. And like I say, we constantly meeting up now because uh, we're in the middle of the second one as well. I was about to say, you know, is this is this the next step on to an autobiography? But uh... um, well, not not at the moment. Like I say, I'm really enjoying doing doing these uh, children's books, and uh, maybe sometime in the future. But um, I, I'm not not interested at the moment, just because you know I'm just really enjoying what I'm doing. So it's, 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 it's interesting because most rugby players who come to the end of the career would sort of do an autobiography and it, here are you doing a, doing a children's book and it, it's, it's probably similar tales and, and similar experiences but just finding a different way to sort of reach a different audience that's that's the fascinating thing about it yeah yeah. I don't know I suppose with autobiographies you've got, you've got to almost upset a few people sometimes you? and uh, I don't know I haven't got the head for that I've got to be honest yeah, I know. I remember having Lee Byrne in there to talk about, was it the Byrne Identity or the Byrne Ultimate? Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, he's, yeah. He's got a whole series of them coming out probably yeah, with, with all those <laughs> all those Bourne films. Um, uh, I know, I know. So let's let's look back on, on your career then. Obviously, um started in 2006, getting, obviously, remember, everyone, everyone remembers the breakthrough, getting capped for Wales when you were still playing for, for yeah. Neath. Nice. How how are you going to look back on, on your fourteen years in professional rugby? Um, yeah, I, well, with with great pride, I think. I think, yeah, I think everyone, especially when you have a career that lasts, you know, as, as long as that, you know, you're going to have ups and downs, which you know is inevitable. But uh, I think when you when you actually sit back and and look at what I achieved, so I would say actually again, speak about Neil Jenkins. I went to watch his testimonial match in the Millennium Stadium with some of my schoolmates and. I was reading the mass program. I must have been, I must have thirteen or fourteen years old, something like that. Um, and reading that he had sort of eighty, he had eighty something caps, I think, drinks, didn't he? Um, but I, I remember thinking, God, you know, imagine achieving that, like getting that. So to have, to have sort of over eighty caps, uh, I, do, I do feel, you know, really proud. But at the same time, then you always think, well, what if you know, could have, could have had more, you know, if, if it wasn't for certain things. But hey, that's that's the way it goes, isn't it? So will you look back on on the career with with any regrets? Oh, no, I think you, you could look at you know and say you could have more caps, but if it wasn't for my, like my versatility, for example, I, I might not have, have reached eighty caps. So you know, there's pros and cons to it. But I think you know, I, I'm I'm really sort of happy with what I achieved, even though perhaps you know you could have achieved more, but I haven't, and that's the way it is. But uh, no, I'm, I'm I'm proud of what I've done, and you know, look forward to to the next next chapter now. As is, as is the nature when a player retires obviously the tributes pour in uh, and, and we were sort of reminded of all these different memories uh, you know try against England 2010 at Twickenham um, yeah it, obviously one of the greatest sort of talents of your generation one silverware every level you played at 
what for you would personally be the sort of the highlight? Oh, I think like I think obviously the silverware is, is really important. I, you growing up, you want to be a professional rugby. Well, I want to be a professional rugby player, so to achieve that, and then once once you are a professional rugby player, you want you want to win things. And and I was fortunate enough to to do that. But um, but to pick one memory, I don't know. Like I think the Grand Slam 2008 is obviously was the first major major title in a Welsh jersey obviously won the league with the Ospreys the, the year before um, but I, I don't know it's, it's little moments like um, like the World Cup uh, the Six Nations 2007 we beat England uh, when, you know if we had lost we'd have had the wooden spoon uh, and I, I just played 12 all championship and I moved to 10 then um, and, and had man of the match and it just, just felt like you know I sort of arrived on the international scene then in 2007 after that but I don't know. There's, there's a lot of different moments, but if one one moment would be the 2008 Grand Slam. I think just a, just after the World Cup as well, when we got knocked out to Fiji, you know, Welsh rugby was in a bit of a low point. So to pick us up and end up winning the Grand Slam, beating England in Twickenham after 20 years, is uh, yeah, it was amazing. And um, I mean, I, does that answer, I, does that answer your question? Yeah, oh, absolutely, it does. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Sam Warburton, and you're listening to the Welsh Rugby Podcast. And how are you looking forward to the to the rest of the season now? Obviously, now that it's out in the public domain that you're retiring at the end of the year, I can't imagine that you'd be the sort of person who would sort of be that self-indulgent, but you, you, you'll probably be sort of enjoying now every sort of experience you get and every day now that you sort of know that the finish line's in sight, won't you? Yeah, no, definitely. And uh, you know, I spoke to uh, our backs coach, uh, Matt Sherratt, and he just said, you know, just, just enjoy the next four or five months now. And, I, and I'm going to, you know, and I, I enjoy it anyway. But I think, yeah, knowing that this is coming to an end soon and just the little things, obviously the training on the pitch and, and things like that turning up every day, but just just seeing the boys and just even even the kit man, you know, I get on really well with, you know, which, you know, greet them every day and have a coffee with them, just things like that you just take for granted. Um, you know, just just enjoy those moments because, uh, yeah, they'll probably be gone in, in about five or six months' time. Then it's, it's probably spending more time with family, I guess, is that on the sort of, on the on the bucket list? Um, that's... Yeah, 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 no, definitely. And like, obviously, i got a wife and, and three young boys, so, you know, it's nice just... Uh, my oldest boy in particular who plays a lot of rugby plays for Swansea Swansea District so his weekends are full up with rugby so you know retiring will free up a bit more time to, to watch him and, and my, my two two other younger boys then you know doing whatever they want to do just just being there for them really because you know as good as rugby is it does take up a lot of your time and you know you, you're dictated by, by the schedule of rugby and uh, you know how great it is then you know it doesn't leave a lot of time with the family so that's something I'm really looking forward to I suppose touch wood you've been pretty good with injuries and I guess that's yeah. a- another sort of big thing when it comes to retiring is you know you, you want to sort of get out while your body's still pretty much intact and so you know you can you, you can have a kick around in the garden with your kids and definitely and I, I, I always say I find myself really fortunate you know with injury I think you know the modern game now we all know how physical it is and how, how easily injuries happen um, so I think that the main injury I had was 2000 and 
nine, I think it was. I just tore my labrum, so I had a shoulder up. But you know, I played through for like four or five months with it, and then managed to have the op at the end of the season. So, um, you know, along with you know a couple of broken bones, uh, nose and fingers and things like that, which is part and parcel these days. I've been been really lucky. So, yeah, I count myself really fortunate, and uh, hopefully that'll continue as well. <laughs> I don't know if you saw um, James Haskell's podcast. He had Ellis Genge on the other day. I don't know if you, you might have seen this on Twitter or Instagram. Yeah, I've seen actually, a few yeah, people sort of sharing that video around where they were talking about how there's little sort of loyalty in rugby and, and little sort of communication, you know, like James Haskell hasn't heard from Wasp since he retired. Um, are you sort of hoping yeah. that when you do hang your boots up in the summer and leave the Ospreys that there'll always still be that sort of bond and, and, and sort of communication between between you and the region? Uh, yeah, I'd like to hope so. You know, I think from my point of view, um, obviously I'm still in the Osprey, so I can't speak too much about, about that. But Gloucester, for example, you know, fantastic club and I've left there and, you know, I speak to to, to a lot of people from there still now. Um, so, you know, that speaking from, from experience, you know, Gloucester is a great club and someone who who sort of looks after their players and like I've been gone now three years and still keep in touch with a lot of people you know I've messages from the CEO and things like that uh, Lance Bradley who's there now so um, I think for me you know it's just, it's been great so but at the end of the day you know it's, they don't really have a duty you know to keep in touch with players after they're gone really they, you know players are there to, to complete their contract and after that this uh, it's one to the next guy and that's the life life of rugby really it's part and parcel I think Go, Going back to sort of the decision to retire was there a a sort of a, a moment that you made the decision or was it a sort of gradual thing um yeah well it was a gradual thing I think since since we came back to the Ospreys on my first season back um two two three years ago you know I was playing quite a bit and and then when you you know you don't don't sort of get picked as much as you'd like and then you realise that like I said at the start you know I of our chat, you know, you, you don't feel you can make an impact on the game as much as you'd like to, and you realise, you know, I've lost a bit of pace and things like that. So, you know, you don't want to sort of flog a dead horse, so to speak. So, um, yeah, like I say, the start of the season, I sort of made my decision. I knew my contract was coming to an end because, as a player, you, when you go one year left in your contract, you start thinking, right, what am I going to do? Am I going to resign? Am I going to move or whatever? Um, and yeah, you know, obviously, tried it through with the family and felt it was the, the right decision. And, and you know, more, most importantly, I, I felt it was the right decision, and like I say, prepared myself as much as possible for after rugby, and uh, yeah, and just start to look forward to it. You know. And so, what was the sort of where where, where was the point where you, you you made the decision, and that was it? No turning back. So obviously, sometimes with these things, you can sort of sort of go back and forth, can't you? Like Sam Warburton probably retired about twenty times. Um, <laughs> it, when was the decision? We thought, right, that's it. I'm not going back. And, and then how do you sort of relay that to to to, to the Ospreys? Um, to be honest with you, I don't think it was like one particular point. You know, I think when it's probably a, a build-up of things when, you, when you're, you're training every single week and, uh, you know, like I say, I've been fortunate enough with, with injuries, so I'm turning up on the training pitch every single week and you know, there's, there's no end goal, you know. Um, you know, you're, you're not picked in the team, so, you know, you, you just... Obviously, going to the games on weekends, you, know, you, you want to be involved, but like I say, you, you realise you can't make an impact on the game like you used to. Um, and then you do it all again on Monday, and 
probably when I first started, you know, you start training on a Monday and you're looking and again excited to to a big game ahead on the weekend. But then when you realise, you know, you're not you're not you're not involved and you're not you're not playing and not having the the sort of impact on a game like you want, then yeah, I sort of thought and they say I spoke to my family who coming home and just I suppose, you know, I could have probably easily on, you know, I wasn't. Don't know if the Ospreys would have. I didn't even speak to the Ospreys whether they wanted to offer me another contract, and I could have probably scratched around and picked a year or two up. You know, I don't know in France or whatever. But but you know, I thought I'm happy. I've, I've been around. I've played in all three three leagues in Europe, um, and just feel really settled here back in Swansea. So and, and I want to pursue, you know, the coaching side of things, and and obviously, like I say, the books and. You know, got some property things going on as well, so it's nice to be settled back here and, and, and doing those sort of things. How how will your family adjust to retirement? Obviously, you, you'll spend more time with the kids. Your wife probably might have a get a bit more time with you. Um, the, the your grandparents ring you every game though, so they'll, they'll have <clears> they'll have a change to make, won't they? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's just crazy. So you know. It's, since since I was in school, I um, started bringing my grandparents. They used to come along to every single school game, and um, I used to run out at, at lunchtime to to ring them from the phone box and tell them if the game was on and um, what time was kick off, kicking off and things. And just just basically continued that right the way through through then to you know same professional rugby when I played for British Steel and Nice. Um, and just just every single game, I uh, in the morning give them a ring and. Uh, yeah, just have a quick chat, you know. Just this, they want to know how I'm feeling, and just any changes to the team, all that sort of stuff, you know. And um, yeah, I haven't missed one single game throughout my whole career, you know, pre-season games or you know or anything really. When I was in France with Wales, everything. So it just just became a bit of a tradition. And uh, obviously, I'm still you know gonna gonna speak to them. They're in the early 90s now, so they've they've been literally everywhere with me and. Uh, followed me from from mini rugby, picked me up. Uh, like I say, they come along on the college bus, sat in the front with my grandpa with his Mars bars in his pocket for me and the boys, and you know just little things like that. You remember, and uh, just grateful they've been been around to share share those memories with me. Obviously, along with with my uh, my parents and wife and kids as well. Absolutely, and it's not just sort of family who've shared the journey. Obviously, you've had many friends through the game of rugby, and of course. Everyone will sort of remember the sort of the Galactico zero people like Lee Byrne, Shane, and and, and Mike yeah. Phillips. Um, I guess that's that's the game of rugby, isn't it? You're blessed to make sort of so many friends. What 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 are your abiding memories of, of of the people that you've come across in this game? Yeah, it's just I think when when I remember watching the 2005 Grand Slam and and watching you know obviously like you mentioned Shane and Gav when they when they were playing, I was still playing with Nice then, and you know you. These people are heroes to you, and then all of a sudden you're playing alongside them, and they're just just great blokes. And you know, you just realise really quickly that they're exactly the same as you, and just they they have a dream when they're younger to play rugby and play for the country, and just doing the same things together. And like I'm I'm grateful to have had those memories with with those those boys, and, and like I say, win win trophies as well, because I think probably at the start of my career, you know. I won most of my trophies at the the front end of my career, and you know, um, I think the last one I won was with Gloucester, was the Challenge Cup, and you know, obviously this year and the last couple of years with the Ospreys haven't been great, and you realise, you know, winning, you know, it's, uh, it's great, and to do that with your mates, it's, it's it's amazing. So you know, hopefully that'll change soon for the Ospreys as well. I was going to say, it's obviously it's been a a really tricky season for the Ospreys. Um, has that maybe? 
not that you would want it, has it added some perspective when you've made the decision that you're going to hang up the end, end of the season and you you sort of look back on, on your career in rugby having this sort of this blip right at the end that you, you, you appreciate sort of the good times because often in rugby the good times are quite rare aren't they? Definitely, yeah, and I think, like I say, this, at the start, when I first broke through with with Nice, with the Ospreys, with Wales, it was like you know, winning trophies was it almost came with the territory. It was like I didn't really know any different. Um, but then, obviously, yeah, you know, the reality of the last sort of couple of years, you know, this rugby is is full of ups and downs, and you have experienced both sides of the coin. So, um, no, I wouldn't say it was, it, it was the reason for for retiring the way the Ospreys have been. Um, I think it's just just a case of how how I feel in myself, really. I suppose. Finally, um, uh, I believe one of our writers here, Mark Orders, is is, is penning a tribute to you as we speak. Um, I'm, oh, sure, right. I'm sure you'll be delighted <laughs> yeah, about. Mark. Oh, he was there. He was there when I was playing for uh, for Nice. Thank you. Right, didn't He'd have been he'd have been along every step of the way. I don't know how long he's been going now, but um, one one of his sort of abiding um, notions, and it's something I can agree with, and a lot of people agree with, is, is you're not just a, a fantastic rugby player. You're probably one of the nicest people you'll meet in rugby. Um, how how do you want to be remembered from rugby? Um, oh, thanks for that, Ben. I, I really appreciate that, and and I think I I think yeah, that, that's exactly how I want to be remembered. Really, I obviously want to be remembered for my rugby and the way I approach the game, and probably you know <laughs> took a few too many risks at times, which uh, got me in a bit of trouble. But I think you know. The, the way I played the game was just exactly the same as as I played it when I was coming through under eights, under tens. You know, just just played with my head up, and uh, and, and again, you know, obviously just just off the pitch. You know, I want to be remembered. You know, as, as a as a good guy, and just that's a credit to, to my family the way they brought me up. And you know, if I if I can uh, bring my kids up in the same way, that'd be great as well. I think that's a perfect place to leave it. At.